Hello, brothers and sisters. It is the Remnant Warrior here from Kingdom Productions and Publishing. And I just want to welcome all of you who don't already watch this channel on a regular basis. I want to let you know that we upload new content several times a week, but at least every week. So... You don't want to miss out when we upload something new. Thank you all in advance for your subscription. I love each and every one of you. Until next time, God bless you all. We'd be sitting up in the stands and you'd see the strange looking guy walking around the track at Hodges Field or Crump Stadium, wherever the, the games were being played. And people used to point at him and laugh. Here's this guy that I knew from school and that everybody thought was weird. <laughs> it's up on the truck entertaining everybody. Elvis Presley, like no other artist before or after, had an uncanny effect on millions of his fans. He said he had no control over the way his body responded to music and described the transformation that took place with him on stage as though he were being possessed by some, quote, surge of electricity. Steve Dunleavy, author of Elvis What Happened, stated Elvis Presley was straddling the microphone in the most suggestive of manners, his groin gyrating inches from the upright stand, and he was shaking in convulsive movements as if possessed by an alien spirit. When he sang loudly, he commanded his worshippers. Later in life, Elvis would acknowledge that the strange powers that he'd wielded over his audiences were occultic powers that he'd received from the spirit world. Elvis, as a child, believed that he was being guided by the voice of his brother Jesse, who had died at birth, but later admitted that he was being used by a hierarchy of spirit beings. His close friend Larry Geller wrote that Elvis believed that he was working under the aegis of these masters, that they had helped him. Elvis admitted, I always felt an unseen hand behind me. I heard that same voice and thought it was my brother. That's what I thought. I heard this guidance guiding me all my life. That's why I'm here and why I'm doing this. This didn't just happen. This wasn't mere happenstance. Author Gary Herman stated that Elvis, quote, recognized the devil's part in his success. Elvis's bodyguards, known as the Memphis Mafia, who lived with Elvis Presley for several years, witnessed firsthand his occultic powers and his influence over his millions of fans. I grew up with Elvis Presley. I grew up and became a middle-aged man with Elvis Presley. And then all of a sudden, it's over. I knew the drugs had him, they were going to get him, and there was no turning back, and I felt sick. Elvis's former bodyguards revealed that Elvis not only believed that he had occultic powers, but that he was a prophet and that they were his disciples. Red West declared he likes to be in control. He likes to be a God figure. For many years, with real seriousness, he called us his disciples. Red West declared with conviction that Elvis possessed some kind of special powers, something like psychic powers, he said. Elvis proved it to me again and again. Sonny West, the cousin of Red West, was also considered a disciple by Elvis. Sonny tells about Elvis' amazing occultic powers. 
Sonny West admitted he genuinely believes that he is a prophet and we were his disciples. He certainly had a power over us. He certainly had control over me. I admit it. I mean, he had me going where I was making telephone calls about getting Mike Stone hit. I am no killer. Elvis actually had plotted to murder a number of people. Sonny West tells how Elvis sought to use his occultic powers to manipulate him to murder Mike Stone. Elvis sat down and he said, Sonny, get down, get down. So I was at the foot of the bed and I got down on my knees. He said, come here. And he put his hands out. And I took his hands and he said, look at me, look at me, man. And I, I started looking at him. He was trying to give me suggestion by concentrating on, you got to kill him, Sonny. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. He's breaking up my family. Very low key. And I'm fighting. I said, no, 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 Elvis. He said, Sonny, you can do it. Elvis jumped up, went in and got this assault rifle. I think it was an AK-47 or something. And he came out, or either Thompson machine guns, one of the two. And he came out and put it in my hand. He said, Sonny, go kill Mike Stone. Do it for me. Go kill him. Well, I'm evil. When he got mad, it was like a dark cloud enveloped everything, and everyone around was affected by it. He may not be angry at you. He may be angry at him, but his anger was so forceful that it just, you couldn't wait for him to get out of it because he, it was bad. He could push the buttons harder than anybody alive. I mean, he knew how to push the buttons, and when he pushed him... So hot I mean, was Elvis's temper and so violent his personality that he had riddled several television sets and even cars with bullets. One bullet even glancing off a TV and hitting somebody else in another room at a hotel. Many people have been deceived into believing that Elvis in some way was a Christian. Elvis's close friend Larry Geller wrote in his book, Elvis, If I Can Dream, that Elvis actually denied that Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God. Larry Geller exclaimed, he didn't think that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. He thought that all people had Christ in them and had the same potential. Elvis's conception of Jesus Christ differed from the Jesus depicted by modern Christianity. God's word, however, is very clear. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Elvis Presley taught the satanic blasphemy that Jesus Christ slept with a bunch of different women. According to Elvis's former disciples, quote, whenever he mentioned Jesus, he would just say, now Jesus, he was getting it on with Mary, Mary Magdalene. It ain't in the Bible, but it's true. She got stoned, but Jesus took care of her and they traveled around a lot together. The Bible warns us about false prophets that actually teach a different Jesus that will never save the soul. God's word says, but I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. It warns about those who come and preach another Jesus. It says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. God's word warns, Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have arisen. Who is a liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. The spirits that used Elvis' body as a puppet were the demonic spirits of Antichrist. The word of God warns, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now is already in the world. Elvis Presley's deception and hypocrisy were blatant. When Elvis Presley went to receive his federal narcotics badge from President Nixon, he stated that the, quote, suggestive music of the Beatles had seduced the youth of America into drugs. On that very day, Elvis Presley himself was, quote, as high as a kite and cranked up on speed for the great moment. Well, the image is one thing, and a human being is another, you know. 
I was in the living room when she came in, and uh, I said, Elvis, this is Priscilla. Priscilla, this is Elvis. And I said, I had these visions of all of us just going to prison for life. I, you know, I was scared to death. She wasn't even 14 yet. Elvis lived with young teenage Priscilla in fornication for nearly five years until he was pressured for the sake of his public image to marry her. Elvis's marriage, however, never changed who he really was as he turned from fornicator to adulterer. Let's face it, from the time Elvis became famous until the very end, he never at any point stopped seeing other women, including with Priscilla. Exactly never right. stopped. He was having her around when he wanted her around, see? Elvis used Jesus Christ's name as a cover and actually was so promiscuous that he participated in orgies, sleeping with several women at a time. You know that girl I was with last night? Oh man, I'm gonna tell you. She could raise the dead, boy. Regarding Elvis's gospel music, Albert Goldman in his book Elvis, The Last 24 Hours, declared that, quote, essentially Elvis was a phony and that he feigned piety. Incredibly, what you are about to see is Elvis describing one of his sexual encounters as a hot lunch, and after finding out that he's being miked, changing gears by singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm, I'm, I had a hot lunch, all right. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, how was your lunch? I don't know, I don't have a sound. Just no, make sure. Chad Helvis, there's a mic up there. That's why I want to say no. I don't want to know. Okay. They believe that's sexual, right? Now you got to do a five-minute monologue over this. What a friend we have in while Elvis did not follow the historical Christ of the Bible, but used him as a cover, he eventually claimed to be more than a prophet and claimed that he himself was Christ. I was about 14 years old, and he sat down with me and he said, David, Jesus Christ, I know who he is, but who am I? Like Elvis's former disciples, Elvis's stepbrother David Stanley claimed that Elvis had a presence and supernatural powers. A fascinating thing with him, David, was that the supernatural side. You know, Elvis was very intrigued with supernatural, you know. It's like he had a presence, you know. I, when I think yeah. about the supernatural. Stanley claimed that Elvis's supernatural powers were such that he had witnessed him perform a stunning array of miracles. He claims of a storm that they were in that Elvis parted the clouds in ways that are reminiscent of Moses parting the Red Sea. Thunder and lightning and hailing, one of those Toward huge, huge yeah. storms. And Elvis says, man, I'm sick of this. We couldn't even see our hands in front of our faces. And he said, I'll take care of it. So he rolls back the sunroof, the rain is coming in on us and everything. He took his hands and he went like this, and, I, and as God is my witness, the only reason I believe it is because I was there. He went like this, and it was like the whole thing split down the middle. Pouring down, raining on one side, pouring down, raining on the other side, and it looked like the yellow brick road in the middle. Sun beams on the road all the way down the yeah. middle. Elvis's close friend, Larry Geller, even admits that Elvis named his gospel group Voice after his occult magazine, The New Age Voice. In his book, he shows how Elvis Presley was so influenced by the occultic masters from India that he was even going so far as having the stage costumes designed in the manner of the masters. He writes, in Elvis's mind, his life was being directed divinely by the brotherhood of masters and illuminated beings, enlightened entities that have existed since time immemorial. And he truly felt that he was chosen to be here now as a modern-day savior, a Christ. Jesus Christ warned concerning spiritual deception in the end times before his return. He said, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. He even said that false Christ and false prophets would arise, showing great signs and wonders, deceiving, if possible, even the very elect of God. Today, millions of Elvis's fans are still deluded by the image of Elvis Presley and unaware of the reality. They pay homage to a false Christ who in the end could not even save himself.
Many still believe that Elvis is making appearances around the world. And I came across the cloud, and uh, well, it really looks like Elvis. Elvis Presley Enterprises rakes in over $100 million a year from Elvis-related items. A quarter century after his death, nearly three-quarters of a million people still pilgrimage to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee annually to pay homage to the king of rock and roll. It was and is the image they worship and not the reality. For if they had truly known who Elvis was, they would have mourned for him as one would mourn for anyone whose life is controlled by satanic forces and headed toward destruction. Sadder still is that the New Age lies that Elvis helped to perpetuate and eventually helped destroy him have now gripped mainstream society and further prepared the world to accept the ultimate false Christ, the Antichrist. Larry Geller declared, I saw hundreds of concert goers carrying their sick and crippled children rush up to Elvis on stage crying out, Elvis, please touch my baby. If you really believe in Elvis, if you are a good person, you know, if you follow God, I mean, you know, Elvis can heal you. Elvis Presley was actually a disciple of the teachings of the Satanist Madame Blavatsky. It was Blavatsky's teachings of the Aryan race that influenced Adolf Hitler and the SS. It was in Blavatsky's publications that the swastika first appeared in published material in Nazi Germany. Adolf Hitler was said to have kept a copy of her spirit-channeled book, The Secret Doctrine, at his bedside. Satanist Aleister Crowley boasted that he and Blavatsky were one. Blavatsky stated in The Secret Doctrine that, quote, Satan is the angel who was proud enough to believe himself God, brave enough to buy his independence at the price of eternal suffering and torture. She declared Satan, the serpent of Genesis, is the real creator and benefactor, the father of spiritual mankind. And he who was the first to whisper, in the day you eat thereof, you shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil, can only be regarded in the light of a savior. Blavatsky clearly taught that Satan and Lucifer, the tempter, the mind is, quote, our redeemer, our intelligent liberator and savior. Satan and the evil spirits who are using Elvis Presley like a puppet use him to spread the New Age lie. Elvis claimed that his mission was to use his name and influence to initiate people into the spiritual world of which he was being used. He claimed that this voice was using him as a channel to reach millions of people through the universal language of music. Dave Hebler, who was Elvis's personal karate instructor and also called a disciple of the Memphis Mafia, witnessed firsthand Elvis destroy himself and those around him. You know, what he was doing not only to himself, but to the people around him. Dave Hebler declared, I have seen him manipulate crowds like he was Hitler. It was weird. Elvis almost always had on hand a copy of Blavatsky's Voice of Silence with which he would indoctrinate his fans by reading from Blavatsky's book on stage as Larry Geller held it like a script prompter. One of his disciples declared, but Elvis often gets up in his acts during his performances and reads these things to the audience, says Sonny. One night at the Riviera Hotel in Las Vegas, he produced Blavatsky's voice and insisted that Don Rickles read passages from it. Satanism boils down to the lie that we can do our own thing and that we are our own gods and that we can save ourselves. Jesus Christ warned, for whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. But it Blavatsky, Crowley, and Anton LaVey, former leader of the Church of Satan, teach the same lie. In the Satanic Bible, LaVey states, Say unto thine own heart, I am my own Redeemer. Well, I'm evil. Elvis declared, someday in the near future, we'll see how the so-called ministers of God react as they see their worn-out ways and the whole old age start crumbling. 
They'll all get theirs. I can't wait till the new age comes. Larry Geller wrote that Elvis believed that there would be changes in the world, specifically changes in people's attitudes toward the things Elvis felt so deeply about. Whatever its source, it is real. The seeds of these new attitudes were sown during the 60s, have taken root over the last two decades, and blossomed today. Sadly, what blossomed in the 1960s was a sewage out of the cesspool of Satan's heart. Things like drug abuse were the very things that killed Elvis. What you see before you are the pills that represent what only one doctor prescribed to Elvis in 20 months before his death. No one is out of reach of drugs, man. Here is a man that had it in the palm of his hand and started off with it that way, and the drugs took it away from him. Elvis's autopsy revealed 14 different drugs in his body. Dr. Norman Wiseman, director of the Bioscience Laboratory, testified that he had never seen so many drugs in one body. Incredibly, the night that Elvis died, his body was filled with drugs and his soul was filled with occultic lies. He died reading a book called Sex and Psychic Energies, a book about the very occultic forces that he had tapped into to initiate the world into sexual license and promiscuity and the lies of the New Age as the king of rock and roll. Elvis took his packet of medication and started reading a book on psychic energy then. He thought that would help him fall asleep. Then I fell asleep. So at about 8 o'clock, I woke up because Elvis was restless, saying that he just couldn't sleep. So he called downstairs for Ricky again, and Ricky came up and brought up uh, another pack of medication. He took the book on psychic energy with him, and he started toward the bathroom door. And I said, no, don't fall asleep. And he turned and smiled at me and said, oh, okay, I won't. I'll never forget, I grabbed Elvis by the shoulder, and I pulled him over, and I saw a sight that haunts me for the rest of my life. His face was blue bloated. His tongue was black and half bitten off. Right. And it didn't take me two seconds to realize that, that Elvis Presley was dead, dead, dead. The truth dead. of the matter is that Elvis, the king of rock and roll, was killed by the very rock and roll lifestyle that he promoted and so epitomized in his very life. Besides his obsession with sex and drugs in the occult, Elvis was also obsessed with death. Elvis was so obsessed with death that his former disciples admitted that he would take them through graveyards and visit funeral homes as late as 3 a.m. to wander around the slabs looking at all the embalmed bodies. All of Elvis's fame, fortune, women, drugs, music, and the demonic powers he had tapped into could not bring Elvis happiness in the end. It was one huge, brutal lie. On the outside, Elvis presented the picture that he had it all together, but on the inside, he was the most miserable man on earth. Pastor Hamill, who pastored First Assembly of God in Memphis, stated that when Elvis had visited him in the late 50s, at the pinnacle of his success in rock and roll stardom, that Elvis declared, quote, I'm the most miserable young man you've ever seen. I've got all the money I'll ever need to spend. I've got millions of fans. I've got friends. But I'm doing what you taught me not to do. And I'm not doing the things you taught me to do. Nearly a decade later, in 1967, Elvis would attempt suicide. Elvis would later declare, it's better to be unconscious than miserable. Albert Goldman in his book, Elvis, The Last 24 Hours, presents a case that Elvis may have ended his life by committing suicide. In the end, Elvis found out the truth of God's word. The wages of sin is death. And he rejected the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. He did not heed the warning in God's word. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. For those who have ears to hear and eyes to see and are not deluded by the image, but see through to the reality, Elvis' life was a big lesson. Jesus Christ warned, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul?
number one rap album this year by Lil Uzi Vert is helping to expose openly satanic metal bands to as many loyal listeners as even some of his contemporaries are tired of his openly satanic ways, as he even sings about converting his city girl into believing in Satan. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at not only Lil Uzi Vert, uh, if you guys haven't heard about him, but also a number of artists. And really, sadly, one of the things that is so heartbreaking are believers who are still listening to music that openly mocks our Lord Jesus Christ. But before we get into that, we want to ask if you feel so led to make sure you subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel so you can get as many of our videos as possible in front of your eyes, as well as if you feel so led, leave a five-star review on any of the podcast formats and that you happen to listen to, just so we can help that algorithm and leave a comment and say hello. Uh, tell us who you are, if you love us or don't like us all too much. Uh, all those things just help for more people to see these things so we can warn people. And ultimately, the goal of this show is to do what Ephesians 5.11 does say, and that is to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And that is the goal here. And we want to do that so that Christ will arise and shine in people's hearts. And I don't want to make that something that is a side thing or anything like that. I want everyone to know that's exactly why we are doing this. And I want to tell you a little bit of my testimony later in the show regarding music that we're going to be talking about, because this isn't something that I'm coming from in a judgmental way, not that we shouldn't judge all things, but coming from a judgmental side where I'm looking at these things saying, look at how horrible and dumb anyone is for falling for this, because I was one of those horrible and dumb people who was fallen to a lot of music just like this. Now, if you guys don't know who Lil Uzi Vert is, he right now has the number one album of the year in terms of the rap game. And guys, I'm going to read a couple of things that point that out. In fact, on Hip Hop All Day, they said Lil Uzi Vert's Pink Tape is already the most streamed rap album of 2023. The album ends the weekend with over 500 million streams on Spotify, taking it to the number one Spot. Little Uzivert's Pink Tape was streamed 53.4 million times in its opening day on Spotify. It is the biggest opening of 2023 for a rap album and the 11th biggest of all time. Guys, that is a lot of ears listening to some of the most profane, disgusting, ravenous, lust-filled, grotesque music that you could possibly tune into. But that is not all concerning Lil Uzi Vert, and a lot of people have come up with different reasons or means of like, hey, this is what his name means, it's this, and a lot of, you know, internet people say, look, if you say his name really fast, it sounds like Lucifer, which actually does seem quite par for the course. In fact, when we did a video concerning Aleister Crowley, calling him the wickedest man on the earth, which was something that was written about him during his time, one of the things we pointed out was the fact that Lil Uzi Vert, in a music video, subliminally puts Crowley's name up 
right next to him, which makes a lot of sense if you understand uh, some of the people that Lil Uzi Vert happens to follow. You can see in music videos by Lil Uzi Vert where they sneak in the word Crowley behind them in their music videos, and Lil Uzi Vert is a ginormous fan of none other than Marilyn Manson, who, when Lil Uzi Vert posted a picture of himself with an upside-down cross, decided to put a caption or a comment on there stating Lucifer Rising. Now, Lil Uzi Vert uh, has even said concerning Marilyn Manson, and if you remember in Marilyn Manson's autobiography, he actually quotes Aleister Crowley quite glowingly, uh, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And if you look at Lil Uzi Vert and his fanaticism uh, concerning Marilyn Manson, you, see, you can see him here with interviewer Nardwar as he talks about how he would sacrifice himself at the age of 27 uh, for none other than Marilyn Manson. I have another gift for you, and it's right here in this little circular thing. What do we have for little Uzi? It's my father, the Pale Emperor. His... And he is? Listen here. At age 27, I will leave this earth for this man right here. He's the Pell Emperor. Now, Marilyn Manson, he inspired your grills? Yeah, my f he inf Oh, that's crazy. They're my old ones. Like, man, you're weird. You're weird. Like, why do you know that? Even some of his contemporaries have been quite upset with some of the things he has pushed. And in fact, pushing the envelope in the latest album, or actually in a live performance previewing a song at Rolling Loud, Lil Uzi Vert actually rapped. Now, Uzi later came out and just simply said, oh, that was just about getting her to do whatever I want or some other nonsense. But this tongue-in-cheek play, it seems like some of the people that know him, have met him, or, or even in the rap game, uh, don't believe that he's faking it all that much. And in fact... Tony Yeo was actually interviewed and asked about the lyric, and here's what he had to say. Good question. So, you know, Uzi, little Uzi, he said that he introduced a city girl to Satan. <laughs> Everybody is talking about this. What are your thoughts on that? I believe in God. I don't know about that stuff, man. That's crazy. Do you feel like he's, like, taking it too far? Yeah, that one's a little too crazy for me. Now, quick question, right? If he does hypothetically believe in Satan, would you advise his city girl girlfriend to kind of like, you know, run for the hills. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, for me, I believe in God. I'm, I'm very religious, came up in the church. So anything that has to do with Satan, I can't rap with. And he's not the only person talking about this. In fact, Offset from the Migos actually mentioned uh, specifically about so many people worshiping the devil and was even mocked for it by none other than Lil Uzi Vert, who then put a 666 symbol and so forth. But here's what he had to say. All y'all went upside down cross. Even my little partners, man. Stop that while you look lame. All that worship the devil. He was God, man. And these aren't the only guys who are pointing this out. In fact, some of them are talking about how it's oh this tongue in cheek thing. And then some have said, hey, I just DM them and ask him about. Are you trying to? Are you about Satan? Are you about just destroying this world? And here's what a couple of different artists had to say. Well, you said that Lil Uzi Vert is the devil. 
Yeah, he's most definitely the devil. Definitely the de devil? Without a doubt. Why, why is he the devil? To be actually honest, I talked to bro. See, I'm a, I'm a DMer. Like, I'll slide in my DMs ASAP. Okay. I slid in his DM and I asked him, I was like, bro, like, are you here to, like, destroy the earth? And he said, yeah, I believe that. He said all his friends are dead and most of them died. Lil Uzi Vert had the ups and down cross. He had multiple ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Maximum upside down crosses. Times changing, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was doing when people thought it was up. But now, 20 years later, you know what I'm saying? Here it comes again. And now, upside down crosses, which are which is disrespectful to um, my elders. You know what I mean? People can put the spin on it all they want to. But um, the way I was raised, you know, is disrespectful. So it seems like there are plenty of people that are like, wait a second. I don't know how much you're just joking about all of this, pushing this and even singing about converting your city girl girlfriend into believing in Satan, which was actually something that... The Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, would do, uh, would take women and take advantage of them and then force them to worship Satan. And this is somebody rapping about this, and people think, oh, this is all just tongue-in-cheek. It's so funny. Oh, he just loves Marilyn Manson, and he loves, in on his Instagram page, taking pictures of people with pentagrams, and he loves having all of this satanic imagery on his albums and so forth. And a lot of the people that are around him are saying, no, I don't think this is so much of an act. And then we see that he is bridging a gap here. And this is something that has happened plenty of times in music, whether it was Jay-Z with Linkin Park or with Lil Uzi Vert now and Bring Me the Horizon. And if you guys have never heard about them, they are openly God-haters. I guess I've I'd always considered myself atheist, so... At least I don't believe in like an organized religion. It never, it never really played much part in my life until um, I guess maybe a year or so ago when it was kind of like I was in a really bad place and a real dark place. And I ended up going to get some help and stuff. And um, in this particular, uh, I guess treatment or whatever you want to call it, the one of the main main things was actually like handing yourself over to God. And um, I just didn't understand that, and it kind of it made me really angry, and it kind of really made me sad as well, because I just don't think placing your placing your uh, hopes in in something that doesn't ex clearly doesn't exist. You know what I mean? I guess for me, I just I, I wanted I wanted to get better for myself, and I wanted to get better for my friends and my family, and not not for something that not for like I guess just this um, faceless God. Song after song after song that mocks God, mocks Christians, hates God. In fact, in quite a few interviews, they've talked about this and been open about their hatred towards, of quote, the, of course, they say religion, and we can do an entire episode just on some of the ignorance, and it, and it breaks my heart because people think that, and I, and I say this once again, coming from an atheistic background, where at some point I thought, oh, I'm intellectual because I'm an atheist. But then when you listen to people actually try to explain just the very foundation of the universe, um, just explain who we are, why we're here, purpose for this life, the reason why we have any moral inclinations whatsoever or anything like that, you realize, wow, that's a lot of words to explain something that really doesn't make any sense without a one true God. But not just that, but some of the ignorance you see them push, oh, you know, 
religion starts all these world wars with just a good quick Google search, you could find out very quickly that that's not true. But people think this is the side of the intellect. And a lot of times it's simply because rebellion uh, to this degree is, I think, so much in the dark that when you hear any sort of argument that you've never heard before, it's very similar to what Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 18, that the first to plead his case will seem right until someone comes over and examines him. So when someone says, look at all the the wars because of religion, because we saw what happened in 9-11, guys, uh, the truth is, is atheism, Marxism, Paul Pot. I mean, we could go through the list of people and the fact that atheism has killed more people. I mean, really, wanting to own land has killed more people uh, than religion ever could try to. I mean, it, 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 it'd be embarrassing to try to get into. But Bring the Horizon has a number of songs, and, and we can go through them. But I, I want to also already respond to one of the songs that is actually a song that was released right before Lil Uzi Vert's album, but that Lil Uzi Vert is on. And this song is called, of course, Amen. And here are some of the lyrics. Quote, somebody call the exorcist. This is heresy. The child is possessed. Subjugate the apostate. Don't you know you're so sick, sick, sick? Yeah, you fanatics prey on me, hate on me, patiently waiting to watch me bleed. Get your head from out of my blank. Got me feeling like a human centipede. Just let me breathe. Stay the blank away from me. I don't really want me as my own enemy. Now, these are some of the lyrics, obviously. Oh, well, I'm, I'm an apostate. You're just bothering me and so forth. But you're mocking God over and over again in your songs. You're mocking the one true God nonstop, continuously in those songs. They need to be addressed. People need to understand, and we need to take every lofty speculation and everything brought against the knowledge of God, and we need to bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. And these things are ridiculous. And to whine and complain that when you mock the Lord Jesus Christ that people come and simply give an answer for this, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. I don't care about the millions of listeners. In fact, monthly listeners on Bring Me the Horizon, monthly listeners, they have more than even my old favorite band from before I was saved, Slipknot, which that's saying something. They are a huge band, and the bridging of the gap between those in the rap game to metal, when it comes to this, guys, you're going to see they're going to gain even more listeners because that is a song that was done on an album that is not Lil Uzi Vert's album, but is actually their own. But Lil Uzi Vert also had them on his album. In the song Werewolf, they sing, And I'll never get past the borderline. You think you know me well, but how well do you know hell? Nowhere left to go now, but underground. Now, this is a common theme for Bring Me the Horizon. To sing about this, you just go to the ground, you just die in the dirt. We need to preach humanism and so forth. And sadly enough, this is something that is not only a theme in their music, but in that very theme in their music, what you're going to find is this is the offer of hope that they give to people. Now, I want to read you a few of the lyrics to just give you a little bit of the flavor of what these guys are saying from the song, The House of Wolves. What you call faith, I call a sorry excuse. 
Cloak and daggers murder the truth. The bitter taste, there's nothing else. I'll bow for your king when he shows himself. Brick by brick, these walls begin to cave in. The house of wolves you built whispers in a thousand tongues. Show me your faith. Show me a reason to think my soul can be saved if I sell you my sins. I'm going blind, but one thing's clear. Death is the only salvation for me. This is what they have people chanting. And I'm not exaggerating this. In fact, they actually went over to England and at performing at Wembley Stadium, one of the biggest venues to perform at, if not the biggest for most people to be excited to perform at, in all of the UK is Wembley. And listen and watch the crowd. And you might not be able to make out all the lyrics, so I'm going to read them for you. But this is the chant that they are doing. The crowd in England is doing. This is the chant. Quote, and when you die, the only kingdom you'll see is two feet wide and six feet deep. When you die, the only kingdom you'll see. offering no hope for anyone and chanting a lack of hope that the best that we can offer you and the most joy that we can bring to you is simply a coffin two feet wide and six feet deep. And you have people chanting this. It's all a spirit behind that. And it breaks my heart because it reminds me so much of this very clip that I remember watching when I gave my life to Christ after realizing that so much of the music that I was into was not just simply brainwaves going back and forth with us being made as moist robots, but the fact was is that there was a spirit behind this pushing us to say these sorts of things because I remember watching Madonna and seeing the anger in people's voice as they gleefully talk, and I shouldn't even say gleefully, as they angrily screech that they don't give a blank that they're going to go to hell. And just what is Madonna teaching her massive fan base? What is she teaching possibly your children or you? Madonna brings her siren up to a culmination by leading her fan base into a chant of going to hell. Now you may think to yourself, what does this matter? These are all a bunch of non-believers. But I will actually go to the very top comment. And by the way, behind him, the imagery of mocking Christ, of burning churches, uh, the entire time is behind them during these concerts, during these chantings and so forth. And the very top comment on that video says this, quote, listening to Sepaternal can get awkward sometimes when you're a Christian. Another person, yeah, as a Christian, it's definitely weird, but I don't really mind because I understand that other people believe different things. Another person, their new album has a few insults towards God, but still love it. Might not agree with his views, but can't deny how blank the album is. Now, why am I saying all these things? Why am I putting 
these statements because the truth is, is before I became an atheist, which I did become an atheist at a church, before I became an atheist, long before that, I would have told you I was a Christian while listening to lyrics just like this, while listening to Heretic Anthem from Slipknot, while singing out, if you're 555, I'm 666, while talking about 3D blasphemy, while singing songs where I say contagion and I'm sitting at the side of Satan, and doing all of that while still saying, well, I'm a Christian because I happen to grow up in America and my family's Republican, therefore I'm Christian. And yet, just as the Bible warns, sitting in the seat of scoffers, sitting with the mockers, being with those who hate God, ultimately, guess what? When life wasn't going my way, when I wasn't getting everything I wanted, and then I did see hypocrisy from those who claimed to be Christians, I was able to very quickly move from nominal Christianity into, I don't believe that there is a God. And in fact, I don't even like him if there is one. And so I say that because the Bible warns about this very thing. And when you see people, and don't think that that comment doesn't represent a number of other people. Don't think that ungodly chatter doesn't lead to more ungodliness. And that when you sit and meditate on wicked things that just hate the Lord Jesus Christ, that it has no effect on you. There is no possible way that you can sit there listening to this mockery and have it had no effect on you. There is no way that you can watch the shows and listen to the songs and meditate on these things and have no effect on you as a Christian. If that was true, if none of this had any effect on us as we sit there and just take it in like a sponge, then everyone of the advertising community, all of the marketing, all of the things, all of the millions of dollars that companies spend to get something just before your eyes and, and play a jingle so you remember to call a certain number or to go to a certain website or whatever it may be, all of those businesses would be underground. They would have nothing. And in fact, in Paul's living eulogy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, this is the spiritual father of Timothy, right before he is about to die, writing the last letter that he would write, he wrote this to Timothy right before he warned him of the horrible things that would come during the end time. Quote, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So many people are being held captive by Satan to do his will. And I will say this, before I came to Christ and before I even became an atheist, I was still being held captive by Satan to do his will. I was still a part of the dominion of darkness, even though I may not have known it at the time. 
And I just want to encourage you guys, get out of the dominion of darkness and come into the dominion of his marvelous son. And that can only happen by recognizing the lie that we simply just go six feet under and two feet wide. By recognizing the lie that we can have these things in our life, these lustful passions, meditating on them and so forth, and having no effect on us, recognize the lie, turn from it, put your trust in Jesus, and start loving the thing he, the things he loves, and start hating the things he hates. Turn and put your trust in him. Pray for those who are so lost. And guys, I... I care about these things and I talk about these things because I once was one of them. I once was a mocker. I once was a ridiculer. I once was one of those who, if you were sitting next to me, you were sitting in the seat of scoffers and I turned to him and put my trust in him and recognized the truth of the gospel, the truth of the resurrection, and I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not yet known the Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you, turn to him right now, put your trust in him and the finished work that he fulfilled on the cross when he died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was raised again on the third, on the third day, according to the scriptures, and now we repent. We have a change of heart, which leads to a change of action. We ch- change from looking to the world, the little Uzi verts, the bring me the horizon, the slipknot, the whatever you got going on. We turn from looking to the world and we turn our eyes and look upon Christ. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, today is the day of salvation. Turn to him right now. This has been Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. Thank you guys so much for watching 511 News. You can check out some of the older episodes as well as the Good Fight Radio Show and videos we have right here on our YouTube channel. And this week's featured product is Hollywood's War on God. You can check this out at goodfight.org. God bless you guys. All is not as it seems when it comes to so many of the sports, music, and movie stars that are at the forefront of headlines, charts, and podiums around the world. What many people do not realize is how many of them are involved in the occult and other dark spiritual arts that they believe they are using to ensure their diabolical success. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be digging in on more of a chronological look at so many of celebrities, whether from music or movies or sports even, and how so many of them have admitted to using dark forces and spiritual arts and just disgusting things in order to perform at their peak. And with me to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Yeah, Chad, I think it's huge that we're dealing with this topic because literally not thousands, not millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people are being influenced on this planet by celebrities. And people will be shocked, but we're not shocked. We've been promoting, you know, pointing this out for many, many years that many celebrities admit that they're being used by spiritual forces and they're influencing the masses through these forces. And no wonder the Bible says we're not wrestling against these celebrities, but the powers of darkness, the Bible says, Ephesians 6, that uses the children of disobedience, Ephesians 2, to 
guide and influence and guide the course of this evil world. I think that's a really important thing to say is for people to understand that how they are being used, some of which, and I think when we look at some of the people we're going to be talking about, we're going to try to do a chronological order of this for you guys today. So you can see it's not just like, hey, there's this one guy and he's really, really bad and he's influenced all these people. But see that Satan has been working through them and we should not be surprised. We're talking about the top artists, by the way. Top artists, top sports stars. Some yeah. people even call them the GOAT, and we'll yeah. get into that. We're not saying every one of them, but right. so too many of them. Yeah, no, far too many, especially when you really dig into it. And and Joe, one of the things, and I want to encourage you guys, make sure that you guys are liking and subscribing to Good Fight Ministries. We are trying to make sure you guys see every video that we come out with. Try to come out with two to three videos every single week, whether in long form, short form, or otherwise. And we're also working on a lot of documentaries that we're excited to get out to you guys as well. And if you're listening via podcast, guys, make sure you leave a five-star review if you feel so led. And all of this is just simply to get this in front of more people so more people can know about it and make sure you share it if you feel led. Because this is going to be an episode, guys, if you're listening right now, this is going to be an episode that for those who maybe haven't been following this, you're going to go, what? I had no idea. And Joe, one of the videos, and I want to encourage you guys to check this out because of an excerpt that we have on our channel from They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And if you guys have been on this channel any long, you know, that's how I came to Christ. I left atheism and came to Christ through that video. And a short excerpt from that video regarding Elvis has 1.5, over 1.5 million views on our channel. And you can check that out. And we also did another video on the recent movie that came out starring Austin Butler. But one of the things that I think people don't really understand is the truth of where, honestly, the success actually was coming from. And honestly, when you look at the the new documentary, it ignores, it really does ignore the real secret behind his success. Amen. Yeah. When I did, they sold their souls for rock and roll so many years ago, Chad, I had no idea that the Elvis section would be something that people would just be so freaked out on uh, because I'd been exposing it for so many years even before we did the video. But I guess it makes sense. He's the king of rock and roll. But because he his only uh, award-winning album where he got a Grammy was a gospel album, uh, kind of freaked people out because he was considered this you know good guy that just was pretty loose in some ways uh, and has a lot of troubles. But a lot of people didn't realize that Elvis Presley, and we expose not just from quotes from him and, and others, but specifically from his bodyguards, his Memphis Mafia, which is made up of some uh, distant relatives and and guys that lived with him for some time, that he believed he had occult powers. Elvis's former bodyguards revealed that Elvis not only believed that he had occultic powers, but that he was a prophet and that they were his disciples. Red West declared he likes to be in control. He likes to be a God figure. For many years, with real seriousness, he called us his disciples. Red West declared with conviction that Elvis possessed some kind of special powers, something like psychic powers, he said. Elvis proved it to me again and again. But it's interesting, Chad, because since he was a a child, uh, he started to hear these voices, you know, and he thought one of these voices was his brother, Aaron, who died at birth. He thought it was just, wow, it must be my brother. And in time, he started to realize he's being guided by these voices to promote the new age and the new age Christ and that he himself was a not the, the Jesus of the Bible, but he was a new age Christ initiating people into the the, the new age doctrines, uh, new spirituality, the occult. In fact, uh, he stopped Don Rickles one time and uh, when Don Rickles was doing his you know stand-up act on stage in Vegas and he tried to get Don Rip- Rickles to read from Madame Blavatsky's occult books. 
Elvis almost always had on hand a copy of Blavatsky's Voice of Silence with which he would indoctrinate his fans by reading from Blavatsky's book on stage as Larry Geller held it like a script prompter. One of his disciples declared, but Elvis often gets up in his acts during his performances and reads these things to the audience, says Sonny. One night at the Riviera Hotel in Las Vegas, he produced Blavatsky's voice and insisted that Don Rickles read passages from it. It's interesting because he named his gospel group, Elvis, The Voice. But he named it The Voice after The Voice of Silence by Madame Helena Blavatsky, a full-blown occultist, a full-blown Satanist who started Theosophy, who praises Satan throughout many of her occult books. In fact, her Lucis Publishing became Lucifer Publishing. In fact, let me give you a couple of quotes from her books. In fact, this is from The Secret Doctrine. She says, And now it stands proven that Satan, or the red fiery dragon, Lucifer, or the light bearer, is in us, is our mind, our tempter, and redeemer. Redeemer means savior, of course. Our intelligent liberator, the savior from pure animalism. And this is who Elvis Presley was into. And a lot of people don't realize, Chad, that that Elvis used these powers to manipulate audiences. If Elvis was not possessed by these entities that were using him and using him to indoctrinate people into the New Age movement, I don't think a lot of people probably would never even heard of Elvis Presley because this charisma that he had, this power, he recognized that he was in touch with these dark powers. In fact, Chad, when he died, he was sitting on the toilet uh, he fell off the toilet in a, in a position where he was stiff. And Ginger, his girlfriend, who he wanted to marry under an occult pyramid, had said that he was reading uh, sex and psychic energy. Uh, and it's about, it's a deep porn book from, uh, I've read excerpts about it. I didn't want to buy that book. But it's about how to manipulate occult powers and sex magic. And by the way, Satanist Aleister Crowley was all about sex magic. We can go on and on him about, about this, but you can check out our clip with a million and a half plus hits on uh, from our video, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. We've got the clip up, as Chad mentioned, on our Good Fight site. Well, since we've already talked about the king of rock and roll and using occultism for his powers, um, let's move down the line here because one of maybe the most successful band of all time, The Beatles, and John Lennon. People don't really realize how dark those guys were as well. Yeah. Throughout the 60s, right? You have Jim Morrison saying he got in touch with the spirit of music, Satan. You have Simply from the Devil and the, the, the Stones, uh, you know, promoting Lester Crowley, their satanic majesty's request and so forth. And we could just go through the 60s, which we do in our video expose. Uh, but you have uh, John Lennon, the leader of the most popular band of all times. Uh, basically, Chad, I mean, uh, from his youth, uh, feeling he was in touch with spirits and uh, saying that he, as he was a musician, that when he wrote songs, he said, I felt like a psychic, a medium, that I was possessed. He said he was like a hollow temple. One spirit would come into him, and then that spirit would leave his body. Then another spirit would come into him, possess his body, then that spirit would leave. And it's interesting when you look at what he was about. I mean, he he, he called Jesus a, a, a fascist, B-A-S-T-A-R-D. Uh, he blasphemed the Lord Jesus Christ, said, we're more popular than Jesus now. We'll be proven right. The Christian will vanish, but we'll still be here. And uh, it's interesting, Chad, because he said the whole Beatle philosophy, he quoted Aleister Crowley, the Satanist, uh, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. He said in an interview before he died, the whole Beatle philosophy was do what thou wilt. And it's interesting because, uh, Chad, we know that he put Aleister Crowley up the top left back row of Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band album, one guy over from the from the left in the top row. And uh, Aleister Crowley was a full-blown Satanist. And he's saying the whole Beatle idea was to do 
Crowley's the deal. And I think it's quite interesting when you think about this because Sergeant Pepper, the song, Sergeant Pepper taught, you know, it's 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. Well, that was 1967, Sergeant Pepper's. And we show that album is a concept album that goes back and forth with the Stones, their satanic majesty's request, and they did it together. But it's interesting because 20 years before was 1947 when L. Lester Crowley had died. And it's interesting because John Lennon said straight out, he said, I made it, talking about a success, he said, I made a pact with the devil. John Lennon couldn't have made it any clearer when speaking of the Beatles' success and stating, quote, I sold my soul to the devil. Yoko Ono also made a pact with Satan for Lennon and herself not long before Lennon's death. Albert Goldman reported in his book, The Lives of John Lennon, quote, Finally, it was time to consummate all these spells by making a living sacrifice and signing a pact with the devil. For Lena was not a white witch. She was the real thing, a practitioner of black magic. There was no knowing what she planned to do to seal the bond with Lucifer. All she would say was that a witch's moon was nigh and they had to make ready for the sacrifice. Lena said, quote, we've got to make a sacrifice with the blood of an innocent to the one who has the power. They sacrificed an animal to Satan, and Yoko ended up paying the Satanist $60,000. The price, though, would be far more for serving Satan. It would cost John Lennon his life and his soul. John Lennon said, quote, but my joy is when you're like possessed, like a medium. You know, I'll be sitting around and it'll come in the middle of the night or at a time when you don't want to do it. That's the exciting part. I don't know who the blank wrote it. I'm just sitting here and the whole blank song comes out. So it, you're like driven and you find yourself over on a piano or a guitar and you put it down because it's been given to you or whatever it is you tune into. We must be honest and ask ourselves a question. When we allow ourselves to be moved by music of bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, who are we really allowing to move us? Wow, I mean, just incredible, Joe. And so we keep going through we Elvis, John Lennon, the Beatles. I guess if you're going to go to someone, go to the guy who bought a giant catalog of the Beatles music, none other than Michael Jackson. Yeah, you're talking about the king of rock and roll. You're talking about the leader of the biggest band ever, Lennon. Now we're talking about the king of pop, Michael Jackson, right? And uh, we'll just hit these quick because we got a lot of guys to hit. And we want to just pick this up a bit. But it's interesting, as the king of pop, I mean, he was totally into the occult contacting spirits in a, in a room full of mirrors. In fact, he believed that he was in contact with Liberace there and got his rights to do his music from Liberace. He would hang out in the living tree where he believed that these the spirits would, or he, he would channel lyrics or get lyrics. In fact, Chad, he would go to sleep because he felt at sleep. And that before I became a Christian, I was in the occult. I would receive my songs, a lot of inspiration in the midst of going through trance states in my bed. He said he'd go to bed. He'd want to, he liked to sleep a lot because that's where he'd receive a lot of his channeling. In fact, he said that he wanted to channel so much and go to sleep because, in fact, he told uh, a, a musical partner of his that I need to go get some sleep because if I don't get a song well, and go to bed and get a song, they're going to give it, he's saying, he's calling it God, he's going to give it to Prince instead of me. So it's really crazy when you think about it, man. You, people need to wake up. We're dealing with satanic forces that are manipulating the world. And by the way, he was super effeminate. Would, the whole transgender thing was happening with his whole promotion of that whole deal. And this is not an accident. This has been promoted a long time by these demonic entities. Well, since we've gone through the king of pop, let's go to the queen of pop. Because uh, Madonna herself, same. it just seems like they're all in the same boat here. Yeah, and because we're trying to hit these really quick, but Madonna talked about how uh, she's a tormented person because by demons, by the way. Uh, and it's interesting because she's been into a lot of the occult, uh, Kabbalah, Kabbalah and so yeah. forth. Uh, in fact, Chad, instead of, we won't dwell on her a long time, but I'll just say this. In January 2023, because it's so current, 
Uh, she just uh, did a promotion for a magazine where she basically appears where she's like channeling the Virgin Mary, supposedly. And she has a bunch of women dressed up like the 12 apostles, gantly clad, and she's pretends that she's Christ. She's just a total blasphemer. In fact, she said she wore a crucifix for so many years because she liked the idea of having a naked man on it. This is a kind of a despicable perversion that we're dealing with. Yeah, she even had entire songs where she is talking. You would think she was coming to pray about something, but really it's about doing sexual exploits. Just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, a blasphemer. So to get off of the music for just a little bit here, and let's get into comedy. And this is somebody who passed away. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, weird stuff that people may believe about uh, how he ended his own life. But uh, Robin Williams, he, yeah. he, this was an interesting one for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. You know, he was so depressed when he, you know, he dies, really sad. But uh, but he was depressed because he opened himself up to these demonic entities again. A lot of people that think of Robin Williams because they only know him for Mork and Minnie. A lot of older folks, you know, maybe my age are like, oh, he seemed more clean. Than, well, you haven't seen his stand-up stuff. In fact, he would brag about how he could become, you know, very perverse or, you know, well, he's one of the dirtiest stand-up comedians around. And he says, and this is interesting, yeah, literally, it's like possession, talking about when he would be taken over by these entities and what made him such a great comedian in the world's eyes. All of a sudden, you're in, and because you're in front of a live audience, you just get this energy that you just, it starts going. But there's also this thing, it's possession. In the old days, they would have burned me for it. He says, but there's something empowering about it. I mean, it's this place where you're totally, it's, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and you, you really can't, you get to this other force. Maybe that's why I don't need to play evil characters in the movies he's talking about, because sometimes on stage you can cross that line and come back. So he's saying he doesn't have to play an evil character, Chad, because he becomes this evil character when these demonic forces uh, you know, take him over. And brothers and sisters, you need to watch what you're looking at, man, because these forces are using people to increase the rebellion of mankind. And, you know, someone else whose life ended very similarly to Robin Williams as somebody who popularized and even probably maybe even more so with their death, the Seattle sound. And that is none other than Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And because we're trying to hit so many of these in rapid fire, I'll, I'll just quickly say, I mean, he scrawled, he bragged about scrawling God is gay on a church and uh, he would, it was so blasphemous, but he, he channeled entities. He was involved in witchcraft. He said he wanted to get in touch with Anton LaVey, the head of the Church of Satan, to do music with him. I mean, that that says it all. It's really heartbreaking, Chad. But the way he ended his life is like very tragic as well. Yeah, and when we're going down this timeline here, someone who's almost connective tissue from that era to the next is the guy they called the GOAT uh, when it comes to football, none other than Tom Brady. Yeah, and Tom Brady, uh, he credited winning not just one, but at least a couple Super Bowls to the witchcraft uh, of his wife at the time. Uh, and basically he basically states just straight out that, uh, he won Super Bowls because she'd build him an altar that he would take to the locker room. And, and so he'd participate in that witchcraft and he's saying it works. He was shocked, but it actually works. You know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years and she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she, Aww. she just wills it so much. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones and she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes, and I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. And then in 2015, it was about early January, and she, she said, I just want to let you know this is not going to be your year. Oh. And of course we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? <laughs> and she said, 16 is going to be your year. 
She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. <laughs> just incredible. I mean, to see it from all these different perspectives and all these different avenues. And now we, we go and move on also to someone who grew up in a, they call themselves Christian. I don't know so much about that theology that they believe, but none other than Katy Perry, the girl who sang the song, I kissed a girl and liked it. Yeah. And we're talking about the biggest uh, celebrities of all time here. And uh, Katy Perry, and this is a quote from her in regard to her witchcraft. She said, I don't stay single for long. I carry a lot of rose quartz, which attracts the male. Maybe I need to calm it down with some amethyst. So she uses witchcraft, but Chad, she admitted, uh, and they can see it with their own eyes, that she wanted to be the next Amy Grant, the big Christian artist, but it didn't work out. So she sold her soul to the devil. I mean, I released a gospel record when I was 15 um, because I grew up in, uh, you know, a household where all I ever did was listen to gospel music, and my parents are both traveling ministers, and so I kind of sang about, you know, what was going on in my life at 15, and that's how I got introduced to the music industry. I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work out, and so I sold my soul to the devil. Sold my soul to the devil. I think that makes it clear enough, Joe. And so now we also are talking about the biggest, we want to try to hit every genre, and that's the goal here. So now we're into one of the biggest rappers of all time, none other than Jay-Z. Yeah, and he's definitely the most successful rapper of all time as far as making money, right, Chad? And uh, with his clothes and everything, clothesline and everything. But, uh, you know, uh, he's literally, you know, sings Lucifer, you know, son of the morning. He, pray, he praises Lucifer for sinning, you know, with a righteous cause. And it's basically a worship song to Lucifer. And he talks about how, he gets possessed by spirits. I get possessed by, by the spirits, by, by the spirits. I think that makes it pretty clear, Joe. And to think that somebody that at one point was rapping about how she wasn't going to set aside her Christianity in actually songs with Destiny's Child, but then she would go and marry somebody like Jay-Z. People were absolutely stunned, Joe, when they watched our video concerning Beyonce, Sasha, the Super Bowl, and Satan, because they had no idea she was in touch with the demonic as well. Yeah, it's incredible. You were the one that told me I had no idea how good that video was doing, but you were saying not just based on, we've got over a million views on our website on that one, but over hundreds of millions you had said on Facebook that was. That's crazy, but it's interesting because uh, she literally, and I think this is important, she's put herself with the disciples at the Last Supper, put herself in the middle as Christ as well, and she, there's a lot of things they can go check out that video because we don't need to say all that because we're trying to hit this quick. But it's interesting, Kimberly Thompson. So I'm giving some new things that we haven't really said before. Kimberly Thompson, she was a drummer for seven years. She said that Beyonce, quote, she said, I worked for her uh, as a drummer for her band for seven years. She says she's into extreme witchcraft and dark magic. So she's a, she's a witness of this. But you know what? You don't even need that testimony. Even if you Jettison that testimony. Listen to what she said herself about how she couldn't even sing very good until she became possessed by a different entity named what she calls Sasha Fierce. And when people see me, sometimes I think that when they meet me and they speak with me, they're expecting Sasha. And um, I'm really kind of shy and not really shy, but more reserved and um, nothing like Sasha. I guess I wouldn't be very entertaining on the stage. So Sasha comes out <laughs> and she's fearless. So she can she can do things that I cannot do when I'm in rehearsal. I mean, I can try, but then it just doesn't happen. I can sing notes and sing strong and do all these things that 
when I'm just by myself, I can't do. And I remember right before I performed, I raised my hands up. And it was kind of the first time I, I felt something else come into me. Felt something else come into me. Well, Joe, I think that all of those artists and sports stars and everything make it really clear. I mean, where they're at, what they're doing, the, the energy, the spirit, honestly, that's behind it. They may call it an energy. They may call it this. But, Joe, uh, more recently, not only Megan Fox, who we've touched on at, at length, you can see it. We've done multiple videos on Megan Fox and some of her witchcraft, even telling somebody you've messed with the wrong witch, joking yeah. about eating carcasses yeah. out front of the house and so forth. But it seems like her new boy toy there with uh, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, that he himself as well is getting involved in dark arts alongside of her. And it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's really, really sad. In fact, uh, she actually acknowledged what he was doing when she stated, you know, she talked about doing her different rituals, blood rituals. They eat each other, consume each other's blood and uh, rituals with new moons and and full moons and using tarot cards. And then she says this about him. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. <laughs> it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. A version of that has happened and many times. And many times. So he is, I mean, you're talking about like Marilyn Manson type stuff with regard to the worship of demonic entities and Satan. Yeah, and she's even posted on Instagram that some of the actions that they do, their sexual exploits, mm -hmm. make the devil want to grab his rosary, as she says. Uh, not won't help either of them. But, but nonetheless, Joe, it's interesting because when it comes to Machine Gun Kelly, as you guys are going to see when he talks about this tattoo on his back, the fact is, is that he knows exactly what's going on. And he knows what's coming to him, actually. You got to check this out. I saw it as almost like this Revelations type image, you know, like the four horsemen, you know, coming down and, you know, about to destroy the world. And I kind of saw the guy, you know, he has a cross up like this, kind of repenting for his sins almost. You know, I, I've lived a, a dark life and it's kind of like time that I make, like I want to I wanna get right with myself before hits the fan. So, I mean, I kind of, I think when it all falls down, you know, all those sins and like that, you know, all that bad shit I did, you know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, I'm never, I was never happy I did that So I think it's kind of like, when you have a chance to repent, you take it. Wow, folks, uh, that was before he actually started doing all this. So obviously he hasn't repented. In fact, uh, he's just dove, you know, head headlong into uh, the powers of darkness. And uh, and the thing is, that's a deception to think that you could just repent later uh, when Jesus Christ comes back. Because the scriptures tell us uh, throughout the book of Revelation, uh, especially when you get toward the end of the tribulation period, in Revelation 9, after the trumpets have been blown uh, when you get to the near the last trumpets, uh, it says that they didn't repent of their sorcery. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly be there. Hopefully, he repents right now, man, because they won't repent of their of their sexual sin, their porneto, their pharmakeia, uh, their worship of demons, and so forth. And then in Revelation chapter sixteen, in the context of Armageddon coming, it says they still didn't repent. They didn't repent to give God glory, and uh, it's heartbreaking because those folks will be wiped out and sentenced according to Revelation chapter fourteen to the lake of fire where they have no rest day and night forever and ever. And by the way, that's you as well. You can say, man, I'm glad I'm not like Machine Gun Kelly. Man, I'm glad I'm not like, you know, this person or that person that you've exposed. I'm glad I'm not that bad. Well, guess what? We're all 
bad. We all deserve hell. We've all fallen short. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You and I, we all need to make sure that we repent because Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And that word repent, metanoia, means to have a change of heart, a change of mind that leads to a change of life. And it's a beautiful word because it means to come out of darkness and Satan's domain, that broad path to hell, and to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life because he died for you. He paid for your sins. He rose again. He conquered the grave. He conquered conquered Satan. He conquered hell so you could have eternal life. So turn to him now while you still have an opportunity, while you still have breath. Don't wait till later because you may not have tomorrow. Repent today because today is your opportunity. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, Joe Schimmel here. We want to thank you for watching. We want to also encourage you not to forget to sign up or subscribe to Good Fight Ministries' YouTube channel. We have the most amazing content. We also have the very popular Good Fight radio show where we examine all kinds of things in light of Scripture, as well as 511 News, which is also very eye-opening. And we also have mind-blowing video exposés that you won't see anywhere else. And our 24-7 online radio station, the Good Fight Radio Network, as well as my sermons from Blessed Hope Chapel over on the Blessed Hope Chapel YouTube channel. So thanks again. We'll see you later. And we just pray that the Lord blesses you richly as you seek his face. God bless.